ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so we've been going through some of the topics related to adhkar the remembrances and the supplications to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala today then the topic we're on is tafadul suwar al-quran wa fadlu surat al-fatiha the variances in the chapters of the quran the chapters of the Quran have differences in their levels of virtues. So this topic here is going to talk about the differences in the levels of virtues of the chapters of the Quran. And in particular, regarding the virtue of Surah Al-Fatiha. Firstly, it should be understood that the Quran is all equal. All of the chapters, all of the ayat are equal in one particular aspect. What aspect is that? That it is Kalamullah. All of it. All of the ayat, all of the chapters, they are all the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So all of the Qur'an has that great virtue. All of it is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then within that, there are certain chapters that have certain virtues, certain ayat that have certain virtues. And that is what's going to be mentioned here. So the Quran is Kalamur Rabbi Tabaraka wa Ta'ala wa Wahyuhu wa Tanziluh. It is the speech of Allah and His revelation. Wala'alla min al Hasan wal Hadith Tumadin bina fi thalik. أن نشير إلى ما ورد من النصوص في تفضيل بعض صور القرآن الكريم وآياته. Here it is suitable to mention some of the texts that have spoken about the virtues of the Quran and the chapters and the ayat. فإن ذكر الله تبارك وتعالى بتلاوتها وتتبرها وَتَدَبُّرِهَا يَتَرَتَّبُ عَلَيْهِ مِنَ الْأَجْرِ وَالثَّوَابِ مَا لَا يَتَرَتَّبُ عَلَى غَيْرِهَا لِعِظَمِ مَدْلُولَاتِهَا وَقُوَّةِ مُتَعَلِّقِهَا Because the remembrance of Allah through recitation of the Qur'an <coughs> Remembrance of Allah through recitation of the Qur'an and through pondering over the Qur'an there is a great level of reward on that for this type of dhikr which is the dhikr through recitation of the Qur'an through pondering over the Qur'an reflecting over the Qur'an 
then this within it has a great reward. فَإِنَّ الْقُرْآنَ الْكَرِيمَ وَإِنْ كَانَ كُلُّهُ كَلَامَ اللَّهِ إِلَّا أَنَّ الْكَلَامَ نَوْعَانِ So, all of the Qur'an, it is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But, that speech of Allah, the Qur'an, has different topics. There are different topics the Qur'an talks about. And that is something that can determine the virtues sometimes. Surah Al-Ikhlas, for example. Why is that so virtuous? Why is it even mentioned that it equals a third of the Qur'an? Because of its topic. Surah Al-Ikhlas is purely about the Ikhlas, the Tawheed, singling out Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in worship. Hence, you see the virtue of Surah Al-Ikhlas. When you talk about the ayat, Ayatul Kursi, <coughs> Why does that have such virtue? Again, because of its topic. When you look at Ayatul Kursi and how many of the names and attributes of Allah are mentioned in Ayatul Kursi. Not just one or two, multiple names and attributes of Allah in that one ayah. Hence the virtue of it again. So it can be regarding the topic and the subject matter of a particular ayah, a particular chapter, that may determine the level of its virtue. Here, the Shaykh Abdul Razak mentions that the speech can generally overall be two types. Imma insha' wa imma ikhbar. Al-ikhbar imma khabar anil khaliq wa imma khabar anil makhluq. So either the Qur'an tells us about the creator or the creation. There is information for us regarding the creator Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or regarding us the creation. And on the other hand also, there are ayat and chapters that talk about the rulings, the halal and the haram, etc. The prohibited and the commands. So these are various types of details we find in the Quran. It can be talking about Allah, the names and attributes of Allah, the tawheed of Allah. That could be the subject matter of some of the ayat. It could be talking about paradise and hell, the reward for those who are obedient and the punishment for those who are disobedient. That can be some of the topics of the Qur'an. It can be stories of the prophets and nations that have gone by. That could be the topic of some of the ayat. It could be about future information in the grave, in the barzakh, in the day of judgment, the accountability. That may be the topic of some of the ayat. Commands, what you are supposed to do and obligations and prohibitions and warnings. That can be the topic of some of the Qur'an. So you have all of these different types of topics. And the greatest of the topics, of course, is going to be 
where it tells us about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, information about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So for example, كَمَا قَالَ أَحَدُ أَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ فِي اللَّهِ أَفْضَلْ مِنْ كَلَامِهِ فِي غَيْرِهِ When Allah tells us about Himself, that those ayat and those chapters have a greater virtue than when Allah is telling us about the creation. Allah is telling us about past nations and stories that is about the creation. Or if Allah is telling us about Himself, His names and attributes, those ayat have a greater virtue than these ones then. Because those ayat are talking about Allah and these ones are talking about creation. So the ayat where Allah is telling us about Himself, His names, His attributes, those ayat have a greater virtue than the ayat that are talking about creation and the stories of the nations that have gone by, etc. Also, those types of ayat are going to be better or more virtuous than ayat that are talking about the evildoers. For example, Tabbat yada abi Abu Lahab ayat and a surah talking about Abu Lahab and the punishment of Abu Lahab what's going to be more virtuous in terms of the ayat Allah telling us about his names and attributes about himself or when Allah is telling us about Abu Lahab about himself and the names and attributes so the point here is all of the Quran is the speech of Allah the virtue in that regard is all equal speech of Allah, revelation from Allah. But then within it, depending on the subject and the topic, some ayat and chapters may be more virtuous than others. Surah Al-Ikhlas, its topic is purely Tawheed, therefore more virtuous than other ayat that are talking about other things. For example, the ayat talking about the names and attributes of Allah, more virtuous then the ayat talking about Abu Lahab. So that subject can sometimes be the factor in which you look at to assess the levels of the virtues of the ayat. قَدْ صَحَّ عَنِ النَّبِي صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَنَّهُ فَضَّلَ مِنَ السُّوَرِ سُورَةُ الْفَاتِحَةِ it is mentioned in the, or it is authenticated from the Prophet wasallam that he preferred and gave that greater virtue to Surah Al-Fatiha over and above the other surahs. Surah Al-Fatiha over and above the other chapters. وَأَخْبَرَ أَنَّهُ لَمْ يُنزِلْ في التوراة ولا في الإنجيل ولا في الزبور ولا في القرآن مثلها وأخبر أنها أم القرآن And the Prophet ﷺ informed us that there is nothing in the Torah nor in the Injil nor in the rest of the Quran equal to Surah Al-Fatiha. 
It's mentioned in the Sunan <coughs> of At-Tirmidhi Hadith of Abu Huraira radiyallahu anhu Anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kharaja ala Ubay ibn Ka'b Faqala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ya Ubay wa huwa yusalli faltafata Ubay falam yujibhu wa salla Ubay wa khaffa ثم انصرف إلى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال السلام عليك يا رسول الله فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وعليك السلام ما منعك يا أبي أن تجيبني إذ دعوتك فقال يا رسول الله إني كنت في الصلاة قال أفلم تجد فيما أوحى الله إلي أن استجيبوا لله وللرسول إذا دعاكم لما يحييكم قال بلى ولا أعود إن شاء الله قال أتحب أن أعلمك سورة لم ينزل في التوراة ولا في الإنجيل ولا في الزبور ولا في القرآن مثلها قال نعم يا رسول الله فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كيف تقرأ في الصلاة قال فقرأ أم القرآن فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم والذي نفسي بيده ما أنزلت في التوراة ولا في الإنجيل ولا في الزبور ولا في الفرقان مثلها وإنها سبع من المثاني والقرآن العظيم الذي أعطيته صححه العلامة الألباني رحمه الله In this narration then in Sunan al-Tirmidhi Abu Huraira رضي الله عنه says that on one occasion the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came upon Ubay ibn Ka'b. That on one occasion the Prophet <coughs> sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came upon Ubay ibn Ka'b. And Ubay ibn Ka'b was praying. He was in salah. And the Prophet ﷺ called him, O Ubay. Ubay turned but didn't respond to the Prophet ﷺ. He just finished his prayer quickly and then came to the Messenger ﷺ and gave the salam upon the Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet ﷺ replied the salam, then he said, مَا مَنَعَكَ يَا أُبَيْ أَن تُجِيبَنِ إِذْ دَعُوتُكَ What prevented you, O Ubay, from replying and responding to me when I called you? He said, O Messenger of Allah, I was in prayer. I was in the salah. So then the Prophet ﷺ said, Do you not find in that which Allah revealed to me that استجيبوا لله وللرسول إذا دعاكم لما يحييكم Respond to Allah and His Messenger when He calls you uh, to that which brings you life. Ubay said, yes, of course, that ayah is there. And then he said, I will not do it again. 
Then the Prophet said to him, Shall I not teach you a surah whereby nothing of its like has been revealed in the Torah, nor in the Injil, nor in the Zabur, and nor in the Quran? Nothing else of its like has been revealed in any of them, not even in the Quran, in the rest of it. He said, Yes, O Messenger of Allah. So then the Prophet said to him, How do you pray? What do you read when you pray in the Salah? So Ubay recited, Al-Fatiha, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. That's what you read in the prayer. So the Messenger said to him, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, By the one whom my soul is in his hand, it has not been revealed in the Torah, nor in the Injil, nor in the Zabur, nor in the Quran, the criteria, anything to the like of it. Meaning to the like of Al-Fatiha. It is Sab'un min al-Mathani. It is the seven oft-repeated ayat. Sab'un min al-Mathani, the seven oft-repeated ayat. And the great Quran which I was given. That is a hadith authenticated by Al-Allama Al-Albani Rahimahullah from Sunan Al-Tirmidhi which highlights to you the virtue of Surah Al-Fatiha. That the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is saying there is nothing equivalent to Surah Al-Fatiha in the Torah, nor in the Zabur, nor in the Injil, nor in the rest of the Quran. Such is the level and the virtue of Al-Fatiha. And that's why it has different names. One of them is Sab'un min al-Mathani, the seven oft-repeated ayat, because they are always repeated in the prayers. And also, Ummul Quran or Ummul Kitab, meaning the head or the core of the Quran, and that is because all of the meanings of the Quran they return back to the meanings of Surah Al Fatiha. In other names that you find for it, for example, as Shifa, that Surah Al Fatiha is the cure. And there's the famous narration about how somebody was stung by a scorpion and when one of the companions did the ruqya upon him with Surah Al-Fatiha, the man got up with energy like he had never been stung by something poisonous. وَمِنْ فَضْلِ هَذِهِ السُّورَةِ أَنَّهَا لَا صَلَاةَ لِمَنْ لَمْ يَقْرَأْ بِهَا Another one of the great virtues of Surah Al-Fatiha is that your prayer is invalid without it. Every prayer for it to be valid requires the recitation of Surah Al-Fatiha. وَكُلُّ صَلَاةٍ لَمْ يُقْرَأْ فِيهَا بِفَاتِحَةِ الْكِتَابِ فَهِيَ خِذَاجٌ غَيْرُ تَمَامٍ And every prayer that is prayed without Surah Al-Fatiha read in it, then that prayer is deficient, it is cut. It is not going to be valid. 
It's mentioned in the hadith of Abu Huraira in Sahih Muslim. Man salla salatan lam yaqra' fiha bi ummil Qur'an fahiya khidaj. Thalathan ghayru tamam. That the Prophet sallallahu said, Whomsoever prays a prayer and does not recite Surah Al-Fatiha in it, then his prayer will be deficient, it will be incomplete. And he said that three times. فَقِيلَ لِأَبِي هُرَيْرَى So then it was said to Abu Huraira, إِنَّا نَكُونُ وَرَاءَ الْإِمَامِ That we pray behind the Imam, meaning how are we supposed to recite Al-Fatiha when we're in the Jama'ah behind the Imam? قَالْ اِقْرَأْ بِهَا فِي نَفْسِكَ he said, read it in of yourself. Not out loud, but in of yourself. فَإِنِّي سَمِعْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ يَقُولْ Because indeed I heard the Prophet Sallallahu say, قَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى That Allah said, Hadith Qudsi therefore, That Allah said, قَسَمْتُ الصَّلَاةَ بَيْنِي وَبَيْنَ عَبْدِي نِسْفَيْنِ That I have split the prayer between myself and my servant into two halves. وَلِعَبْدِي مَا سَأَلْ And my servant will have what he asks for. فَإِذَا قَالَ الْعَبْدِ So when the servant says, أَلْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ Allah then says, Hamidani Abdi. My servant has praised me. Wa And when the servant then says, Rahim, Allah says, Athna Abdi. My servant has praised me again, has given me praise. وَإِذَا قَالْ مَالِكِ يَوْمِ الدِّينَ And when the servant says مَالِكِ يَوْمِ الدِّينَ قَالْ مَجْجَدَنِي عَبْدِي Allah says my servant has extolled me, praised me again. وَقَالَ مَرَّ فَوَّضَ إِلَيَّ عَبْدِي And once he said my servant has uh, consigned his affair to me. That his trust and dependence is in me. And when the servant says, Allah says, This is between me and my servant, and my servant will have what he asks for. فَإِذَا قَالْ إِهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Guide us to the straight path. صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ غَيْرِ الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا الضَّالِينَ قَالْ هَذَا لِعَبْدِي وَلِعَبْدِي مَا سَأَلْ This is for my servant and my servant will have what he asks for. So you can see Al-Fatiha, it is like a conversation between the person praying and his Lord. It is a type of dialogue.
between the person praying and his Lord, the person praying is making these du'as, making that recitation from Al-Fatiha, and Allah is responding to that person praying. And that is why they say this is one of the greatest virtues of the prayer, that it is a dialogue between you and your Lord, a conversation between you and your Lord, and that is not something you get in other worships. فَهَذِهِ الْأَحَادِيثِ وَنَحْوُهَا تَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ عَظِيمٍ قَدْرِ هَذِهِ السُّورَةِ الْكَرِيمَةِ وَأَنَّهَا أَعْظَمُ سُورَةِ الْقُرْآنِ بَلْ لَمْ يُنزَلْ أَوْ يُنَزَّلْ فِي التَّوْرَاتِ وَلَا فِي الْإِنْجِيلِ وَلَا فِي الزَّبُورِ وَلَا فِي الْقُرْآنِ مِثْلُهَا So this hadith indicates to you the huge virtue of Surah Al-Fatiha. When you are reading it in your prayer, it is like a dialogue, a conversation between you and your Lord. And that Allah replies to you when you're reading. <coughs> and that's why the Prophet wasallam, when he used to recite Al-Fatiha, he used to recite it ayah by ayah. And that is the sunnah way to recite it. When you're uh, reading your prayer, to recite the Fatiha ayah by ayah. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Maliki Yawmiddin, Iyaka Na'budu wa Iyaka Nasta'een, one at a time. As opposed to Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Maliki Yawmiddin, all of it going along in one breath, joined together. That is not the best way. The best way and the way of the Prophet ﷺ was one ayah at a time. And in this hadith we see Allah replies to you after every ayah, like a dialogue, a conversation occurring. Ibn al-Qayyim Rahimahullahu ta'ala, he mentioned in one of his books, Madarij al-Salikin, Bayyana manazil iyyaka na'abudu wa iyyaka nasta'in. He clarifies the levels of the statement, iyyaka na'abudu wa iyyaka nasta'in. اعلم أن هذه السورة اشتملت على أمهات المطالب العالية أتم اشتمال وتضمنتها أكمل تضمن <coughs> ابن القيم said know that this surah سورة الفاتحة it incorporates the core of the lofty objectives. It incorporates, it includes the core 
of the high and lofty objectives. Completely and fully incorporates them. Completely and fully includes the high targets and objectives within it. What are they? فاشتملت على التعريف بالمعبود تبارك وتعالى Within الفاتحة it includes it incorporates an identification a recognition of Allah the one who is to be worshipped by mentioning بثلاثة أسماء Three of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mentioning three of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And these three names are the ones that are like the core and the source that all of the other names revolve around. And they are Allah, Ar-Rabb, and Ar-Rahman. وَبُنِيَتِ السُّورَةِ عَلَى الْنَعَمْ So that is the first thing. Al-Fatiha, it gives you three of the most tremendous names of Allah. Those three names that all of the other names revolve around. Return to. Allah. Ar-Rabb and Ar-Rahman. Also, Surah Al-Fatiha, it is built upon explanation of Al-Uluhiyya and Al-Rububiyya and the mercy of Allah. إِلَىٰ أَنْ قَالَ وَتَضَمَّنَتْ إِثْبَاتَ الْمَعَادِ This surah also includes the affirmation, it proves the end result and where you will return to, meaning the day of judgment and the accountability. وَجَزَاءُ الْعِبَادِ بِأَعْمَالِهِمْ حَسَنُهَا وَسَيِّئُهَا And it tells you about the recompense, the end result of the servants in terms of their good deeds and their bad deeds. وَتَفَرَّدَ الرَّبُّ تَعَالَى بِالْحُكْمِ إِذَّاكَ بَيْنَ الْخَلَائِقِ وَكَوْنُ حُكْمِهِ بِالْعَدَلِ وَكُلُّ هَذَا تَحْتَ قَوْلِهِ مَالِكِ يَوْمِ الدِّينِ Also, Allah tells us that He judges with absolute justice. That Allah judges with absolute justice. And that is highlighted in the statement, Maliki Yawmiddin. That Allah is the owner, the king of that day. Meaning that Allah is the one 
who owns and controls that resurrection and the accountability which he will do upon absolute justice. So this is all included in Surah Al-Fatiha. In fact, even the very basis of ibadah, the very basis of worship, it is included in Surah Al-Fatiha. And that is love, fear, and hope. All worship, as Ahlul Sunnah have clarified, it is upon love, fear, and hope. So when you recite Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Maliki Yawmiddin Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim The most merciful This gives you an idea of Hope Maliki Yawmiddin the controller of the day of resurrection and accountability gives you an idea of fear. You alone we worship and you alone we seek aid and assistance from. All of that worship and seeking aid and assistance upon love. So everything is mentioned within Al-Fatiha in terms of the basis of worship, love, fear, and hope. وَمِنْ هُنَا فَإِنَّهُ يَتَأَكَّدْ عَلَى كُلِّ مُسْلِمٍ أَنَّ تَعَظُّمَ أو أَنْ تَعَظُّمَ عِنَايَتُهُ بِهَذِهِ السُّورَةِ الْكَرِيمَةِ حِفْظًا وَتِلَاوَةً وَمُدَارَسَةً وَتَدَبُّرًا Therefore, now that we have realized the great virtue of Surah Al-Fatiha, it is important for every Muslim to recognize or to have a high level of recognition and regard for Surah Al-Fatiha. Memorizing it, reciting it, studying it, focusing on it, contemplating on it, فَالْمُسْلِمُ يَقْرَأُهَا فِي الصَّلَاةِ الْمَكْتُوبَةِ فِي الْيَوْمِ وَالْلَيْلَةِ سَبْعَ عَشْرَ مَرَّةٍ A Muslim recites Surah Al-Fatiha in his prayers every day. How many times? How many times in Fajr do you recite Al-Fatiha? Twice. What about in Dhuhr? How many times do you recite Al-Fatiha in Dhuhr prayer? How many raka'at are there in Dhuhr prayer? Just a Dhuhr prayer itself. Four. So how many times is Fatiha that means? Four. So how many altogether so far? Six. In Asr how many? So how many so far altogether? Ten. Maghrib how many? So how many so far altogether? Ten at three. Thirteen. How many in Isha? So how many altogether in the day? Seventeen. So a person recites Surah Al-Fatiha a minimum 
of 17 times a day and that is the obligatory prayers on top of that you have the supererogatory prayers add all of those up and it becomes even more how many times you're going to recite every day so this indicates the great virtue of Surah Al-Fatiha وَإِذَا كَانَ مُحَافِظًا عَلَى النَّوَافِلْ أَوْ عَلَى كَثِيرٍ مِنْهَا فَإِنَّهُ يَقْرَأُهَا مَرَّاتٍ كَثِيرًا if you pray your supererogatory prayers every day, you're going to read Al-Fatiha many, many more times. لَا يُحْصِيهَا مُدَّتْ عَمْرِهِ وَطُولْ حَيَاتِهِ إِلَّا اللَّهُ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى وَمِنْ أَسَفٍ أَنَّكَ تَرَى مَعَ ذَلِكَ فِي بَعْضِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ مَنْ لَا يُحْصِنُ قِرَاءَةَ هَذِهِ السُّورَةَ الْكَرِيمَةَ Despite this great virtue of Al-Fatiha, the Shaykh says with great regret, it is sorry to see that so many Muslims are unable to precisely recite Surah Al-Fatiha. بَلْ لَرُبَّمَا يَلْحَنُ فِيهَا لَحْنًا يُفْسِدُ مَعْنَاهَا some may even recite it with such distortion in their pronunciation that it actually invalidates it, corrupts the meaning of it altogether. And we've said before, lahan in recitation, lahan meaning your mispronunciations. When a person prays, there is two types of lahan. One is that you mispronounce things, but not in such a way that it changes the meaning of anything. That, if you did it, your prayer would still be valid. You've done some mispronunciation, but nothing that has changed the meaning of anything. That would still be valid then your prayer. But the second type of lahan is where a person mispronounces and gets things wrong to a level whereby he starts changing the meanings of things and corrupting the meanings of things, then the prayer would be invalid. So if an imam is making this second type of lahan, then it's impermissible to pray behind him. If he is making mispronunciations and mistakes to the level that he is changing the meaning of the ayat, then that is invalid. And you should not pray behind such an imam. He does not deserve to be the imam then. Some of the more serious mistakes that are made, common ones, things like غَيْرِ الْمَغْزُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ Changing the dad to a zai changes the meaning in Arabic. Waladalin means those who have gone astray, the misguided ones. Waladalin, different meaning in Arabic. Zal, zal is from the verb zalla, yazillu, to slip up. Those who have fallen down, tripped over, slipped up. 
different to the ones who went astray. It's a different verb. It's a different root meaning. The people who change the tha to a sa. Inni uridu an tabu'a. Bi'ithmi. Ithm in Arabic means sin. Ithm. Tha. Alif ba ta. Tha. Ithm. But if you say ism, you pronounce it as an S like some of them do. Ism in Arabic means name, noun, sin, name. Two different words altogether in Arabic. If you start making those types of mistakes now, you're changing letters, mispronouncing things to the extent that it changes the meaning of the ayat then it's not permissible to pray behind such an imam. He does not deserve to be the imam. And somebody who is able to recite the Qur'an should lead the prayer. It is not a condition that the imam has to know tajweed. It is not a condition that the imam has to know tajweed. But it is a condition that he can pronounce things at a basic level accurately. That is the only condition minimum to lead the prayer. That he can pronounce things at an accurate basic level. Whether he's got a higher level of excellent pronunciation in Tajweed and the rules, that is something different. That is not a condition for the Imam. Of course, if you have somebody who's knowledgeable and has those uh, understandings of Tajweed, etc., as well, then okay, he's more deserving to lead the prayer. But if he didn't, and from amongst your community, nobody knew Tajweed, but there is somebody who knows the basic level of reading and pronunciation accurately, then he can lead the prayer and it's valid. So Tajweed isn't the rule, but basic accurate pronunciation is. But if a person can't even do the basic accurate pronunciation and they are making this type of lahan, where they are mispronouncing things and changing the meanings of the ayat, then they should not be leading the prayer and you should not pray behind them. So here the Shaykh says, it is sad that there are people who cannot recite Surah Al-Fatiha properly. They cannot recite even Surah Al-Fatiha properly and accurately. <coughs> also Ibn Al-Qayyim says, from the great virtues of Surah Al-Fatiha, وَتَاللَّهِ and by Allah, لا تجد مقالة فاسدة ولا بدعة باطلة إلا وفاتحة الكتاب متضمنة لردها وإبطالها. Ibn al-Qayyim said, you will not come across any false statements or innovations except that Surah Al-Fatiha incorporates a refutation of them. Any type of false beliefs and statements and innovations, you will not find any except that Surah Al-Fatiha is a refutation of them. بِأَقْرَبِ wa وَأَوْضَحِهَا 
And it is a rebuttal of all of those types of things in the closest method, the most succinct method, and the most authentic and most clear method. وَلَا تَجِدْ بَابًا مِنْ أَبْوَابِ الْمَعَارِفِ الْإِلَاهِيَّةِ وَأَعْمَالِ الْقُلُوبِ وَأَدْوِيَتِهَا مِنْ عِلَالِهَا وَأَسْقَامِهَا إِلَّا وَفِي فَاتِحَةِ الْكِتَابِ مِفْتَاحُهُ وَمَوْضِعُ الدَّلَالَ عَلَيْهِ And you will not find any field or topic from the affairs of Al-Uluhiyah, of worshipping Allah, the various aspects and topics related to the worship of Allah, and the actions of the hearts, and the medicines required for the ailments and the illnesses of the hearts, all of that you find in Surah Al-Fatiha. وَلَا مَنْزِلًا مِنْ مَنَازِلِ السَّائِرِينَ إِلَىٰ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ إِلَّا وَبِدَايَتُهُ وَنِهَايَتُهُ فِيهَا And all of those who are traversing upon their path to their Lord, the Lord of all of creation, you will not find their levels except that they are mentioned in Surah Al-Fatiha, the beginnings and the ends. وَلَعَمْرُ اللَّهِ إِنَّ شَأْنَهَا لَأَعْظَمُ مِنْ ذَلِكَ And certainly, certainly the affair of Al-Fatiha is even greater than all of that. So Surah Al-Fatiha is the greatest chapter of the Qur'an. Because of what? Because it incorporates... All of the meanings of Al-Uluhiyyah incorporates the meanings of the names and attributes of Allah, incorporates the Rububiyyah, incorporates the great virtues of it being recited in all of the obligatory prayers 17 times a day minimum. All of the ayat and the chapters of the Qur'an, their meanings return back to Surah Al-Fatiha. And so it is important that a person recognizes the level and the virtue of Surah Al-Fatiha. Any questions on that before we move on to the next chapter? If the Imam <coughs> is unable to recite and he's making errors that are severe, the type of lahan whereby it is distorting and changing the meanings of things, then that prayer will not be valid behind him. Even if you continued at the end, you would repeat that prayer. If the Imam cannot pronounce the basic pronunciations, and they say things like غير المغزوب عليهم ولا الظالين that is wrong. غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين is the right one. So if they cannot read the Quran properly, you would have to repeat your prayer afterwards. Breaking in the middle, Allah alam. But you would have to repeat the prayer afterwards. Mm. 
No, no. The sunnah prayers, they do complete the gaps in your fard prayers. But those are gaps that have occurred from your shortcomings. When you're in a prayer and you know the imam isn't reciting properly and he's getting it all wrong, that isn't a shortcoming. That is something you have the ability to fix. You have the ability to fix that by praying again properly. The hadith about the nawafil prayers being uh, they fill up your deficiency in your obligatory one is deficiencies in terms of your shortcomings where you don't know and what you don't know you prayed and there were shortcomings and you don't recognize and realize then all of these nawafil fill up those shortcomings that doesn't mean on purpose you can do a shortcoming and say the nawafil will fill it up if you pray behind an imam and you know he's not reading properly and it's all wrong and you don't repeat your prayer again then you've done that on purpose now that's a shortcoming you've allowed on purpose when you could just go and pray again and get rid of that shortcoming. So that uh, the nawafil and the supererogatory, it doesn't mean that they complete gaps that you leave on purpose where you could rectify yourself anyway. The meaning of that narration is where you don't realize, you don't recognize, you make shortcomings, deficiencies, your supererogatory prayers will cover for that. Reciting Al-Fatiha behind the Imam. We've discussed this before. Who can remember? If the Imam is leading the prayer, do you have to recite Al-Fatiha or not? So what is the difference of opinion? So remember a very simple summarized way in a nutshell to explain it. You could say that there are, firstly before even talking about the opinions, you have to explain what the issue is. In books of fiqh, when they talk about issues, before they actually get into the issue, the first thing they do is explain what the issue is, which, which point which aspect is the problem? So now the whole prayer, is that the difference of opinion? That the shahud, which part of the prayer is the difference? It is over the issue of reciting Surah Al-Fatiha if you are in jama'ah. So the first thing you explain is, when you're praying, there are three circumstances you can be praying in. Either you are the Imam, you could be the Imam or you could be somebody being led by the Imam in the Jama'ah or you could be praying on your own alone, three ways to pray. If you're the Imam or you are praying alone, there is absolutely no difference of opinion. You must recite Al-Fatiha in every raka'ah. If you are the Imam, you must recite Al-Fatiha in every raka'ah. If you are praying alone, you must recite Al-Fatiha in every raka'ah. In those two circumstances, there is no difference of opinion. So now, where is the actual issue then? In the books of fiqh, they always highlight where is the issue to start talking about it. So it's not if you're the imam, it's not if you're praying by yourself. The issue is if you are in 
the jama'a behind the imam, or the ma'mum. In that case now, there are three opinions. One opinion says, you recite al-fatiha every rak'ah. La salata liman lam yaqra' bi al-kitab. No prayer for the one who doesn't recite the fatiha, for example. So opinion one is, you've got to recite al-fatiha in every single rak'ah. When you're in jama'ah behind the imam. Opinion two, you do not recite at all behind the imam, the fatiha. Because the imam, he is leading the prayer. The imam has been put there to be followed. So don't recite al-fatiha, stay behind the imam, he's reciting, he covers you. That is opinion two. Opinion three is in the loud prayers, which are fajr, and the first two raka'at of Maghrib and the first two raka'at of Isha, that's loud because you hear the Imam. In that case, you don't have to recite Al-Fatiha. You can just listen to the Imam. But in the quiet prayers, like all of Dhuhr, all of Asr, the third raka'at of Maghrib and the third and the fourth raka'at of Isha, can you hear the Imam reciting Fatiha? You can't. So now you have to read. That is the third opinion. And that is in a nutshell the issue. That would appear to be the case. Uh, there are differences over it and there's issue about abrogation of narrations. Nasikh and Mansukh and some of the details that Shaykh al-Albani mentions them. But they are the three main opinions from the time of the Salaf. No. That only applies on the Fatiha. The rest of the parts of the prayer, you got to do it. You got to do the rest of the parts of the prayer as you're going along with the Imam too. But behind the Imam, you follow the Imam. He says Allahu Akbar and goes into Rukur. Then you say Allahu Akbar and go into Rukur. <coughs> when he says Sami' Allahu Liman Hamida, slight difference there. Some scholars say, say Sami' Allahu Liman Hamida, Rabbana wa Alhamd, everything. Others say you can only just say Rabbana wa lak alhamd. But the whole point is the rest of the prayer you got to do it yourself as well. Just the Fatiha is this issue. Wala what? Wala lalin. No bad pronounced at all? Are you sure? Walalalin? Huh? Are you sure? Because it could be it could be just the way that he, he pronounces, it's very subtle, it's very soft, it's a mistake, but That's not even a word. Is there any word? <laughs> so it would be incorrect because now it's 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 not even a word in the Arabic language. You just you've you've eradicated that word. If that is the case and he doesn't understand and he can't pronounce the bad at all. 
then he shouldn't be leading the prayer. But it could be often, you know, sometimes it's just, they have an issue, it could be very subtle, and it's, it's a mistake, they need to do it properly, but sometimes it could be the case, it's very subtle with their understanding of how to do things. And there is a slight difference of opinion in Tajweed on the bod anyway, whether it's a hard bod or it's a softer vod. You get those types of issues as well, and it could just be the person doesn't quite know how to do it properly. But if it's absolutely eliminating the dot, then it's a problem. It's not. It's not valid. Round off there. Then uh, next two weeks are regrettably off. Uh, so two weeks you have to revise, to recap, listen to the audios online on the Al Huda website, catch up on the classes, and then inshallah ta'ala in three weeks time we'll come back and we'll carry on, inshallah ta'ala. صلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين